Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. This is episode 40 with Nishika the Rizyro. Welcome to the As Told by Nomads podcast, where you'll learn how nomads, third culture kids, entrepreneurs, and leaders all over the world embrace their global identity and use their difference to make a difference. And now, having lived on four different continents, here's your host, Tyo Roxy. Welcome, everybody. Today I have with me Nishika Dorizyro, and she's going to talk to me about how she's embraced her global identity and used that to her advantage. Welcome to the show, Nishika. Thanks, Tyler. Thank you. Thank you. So I touched on it there a little bit. Can you talk more about your background? Can you expand on you know, where you grew up and how you got to where you are today? Yeah. Um, so I was born in Zambia, where I was part of an expatriate family for several years. I also lived in Sri Lanka as well as New Zealand for extended periods of time. And then I moved to the U.S. about 10 years ago. When I moved to the U.S., I spent about nine years working for Silicon Valley and Fortune 500 companies, including companies like Deloitte Consulting, Apple, Cisco, Salesforce, and that was fun and great, and I did really cool, diverse roles at those companies, ranging from tech implementations to um, executive coaching and transformation projects and the like. And then I embarked on what I always knew I would eventually embark on, which was an entrepreneurial route of starting a clothing brand under the name Deira Zyro. So it just turned out to be that, you know, I was in the right mental space and the timing was right about two years ago. So I started researching this idea and uh, about 12 months into researching it, I launched Deira Zyro. So now we've been going about 12 months, almost a year actually in action. And a large part of the brand is of course design based given that we're a fashion brand, but also uh, a lot bigger than that in terms of empowering women to elicit power and success through what they wear and how that makes them feel and how that makes them behave. No, I love it. So you went through a phase where you incorporate America and then obviously, you know, you went through your dreams of launching your entrepreneurship journey. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Now, with all this, you know, travel, like you said, and all these, uh, you know, places that you identify with, what do you call yourself? Are you, are you Sri Lankan? Or are you, you know, Zambian? 
and, and that's the tricky question. So, I mean, I um, it really depends on who's asking and where I physically am. When I'm in the U.S., the people say, where are you from? I mean, oftentimes I'll say Kiwi. I'm from New Zealand. Right. If I'm in New Zealand and people say, where are you from? I will probably say I'm Sri Lankan or I'm from the U.S. So, you know, it totally varies depending on where I literally am and how I feel at that point. And I think that's kind of, that's sort of the whole contradiction of like, you know, where are you from? And, you know, what do you identify with and all of that jazz? So it really depends. No, I hear you on that. And I, it's always hard for me. I always take a pause before I answer a question because it's, it's one of those dreaded questions because I, I know <laughs> I have to go into a bit of a diatribe before I get to the answer. So um, I definitely Now, do you have a particular way that you uh, you connect with people when you travel? Because when you travel, I can imagine you're you know involved and in interacting with several cultures, and it's just I'm just curious whether there's one thing that you do to find common ground when you're there. Mm-hmm. I would say for me, when I travel, um, the most important thing is keeping an open mind. I mean, I think fundamentally, people, you know, we all want the same things in life. Right. We just have different ways of looking at things. And I think keeping an open mind when you travel, and then also just being able to embrace and be respectful and genuinely interested in someone's background is important. So for me, open mind, I eat whatever, I go wherever, I do whatever, and I try to assimilate as part of the culture. And for me, that's my connection point to an individual so that they feel like this person's welcoming my culture and they're open to it and you know they understand kind of where I'm coming from and how I live my life so for me it's the open mind that really pushes me into situations and experiences and connections with other people so that's my um, my mentality when I travel and I can imagine that endears you even more to the locals wherever you go because you know it shows that you're taking making an effort to actually understand their culture and actually embed yourself in, you know, what they consider everyday life. Exactly. I totally agree with you. Okay. Now, with your passions, you talked about it earlier. You talked about how, you you know, you want to make people feel good about what they wear. Do you have a particular story that led to that or is it something you've always wanted to do? Uh, How have your passions evolved over the years? Yeah, so when I was younger, I mean, it really evolved from a very young age. My mother used to, um, she used to actually sew our clothes. My sister and I, my sister's three years older, we would either wear the same designs out of different fabric or the same fabric in different designs. And she would never let us repeat an outfit more than (laughs) once. So we were these little fashionista kids on the block. We had a reputation for being so. And, and, you know, and what I realized actually through it, because at the time, I mean, we all also did ballet and tap dancing and gymnastics and all sorts of creative forms of expression and sports and I realized how you know when you feel a certain way you behave a certain way and so that kind of transpired throughout my life and I I think more than ever like you look at you know some of these lower income communities and you take a child who doesn't have as much opportunity and you help them feel good about themselves by putting them in some beautiful new clothes and immediately that child shines and starts to smile more and feels better and feels a bit more empowered to do things so I think naturally as human beings how we dress and how we feel as a result of how we dress um, typically translates into how we behave and I think it's a very very powerful kind of association between those feelings no absolutely I, you know look good feel good play good you know I, I think it's I think it all goes that way so for sure um, I think it's something that's very necessary and I you know it sounds like you're doing that as a female entrepreneur it's something I admire about you. You know, you go about your business with, 
you know, just understand that you're you're a business person first and you know, you happen to be a woman, but you're also a proponent of getting more females into the you know, into the into the workspace, into the entrepreneurship world. How do you feel that we can um elevate this and where do you see the landscape of women uh in the future for this? Um, so that's a great question. Definitely something I feel very passionate about. It's funny because when I um, I would say, if you asked me the same question 10 years ago, I would have said, you know what, um, entrepreneurs, women, men, same kind of deal. I don't see the need to kind of support either of them differently. But as over the last few years, being an entrepreneur myself, I actually started to learn through research and also through a board that I sit, sit on, which is called Startup Women, that women are less representative in certain forums. So things like co-shared spaces, incubators, tech conferences around the world, research actually tells us that women are not as represented. So, I mean, there are several reasons for that, right? And that's a whole different conversation. But I think fundamentally, um, you know, there needs to be recognition that women should be provided with more opportunity, but more so women also have to ask for these opportunities. Mm. I think that there are certain characteristics and traits around being a woman or a man that also make us behave in different ways too. And those are both good and maybe in some ways not so good either way, but there's a role that we all have to play towards women being represented in those communities and in those spaces as business women. So for me, I play a large role mentoring other women and also doing my part in the community in terms of speaking at conferences and the like around women's startup and women entrepreneurship and even we, women leadership. So I think it's important to recognize what some of those differences are and how to address them. No, I, you know, I completely agree. I mean, you look at people like Marissa Mayer and all these great people who are doing you know, wonderful things in the entrepreneurship space. And it's always, um, it's mind-boggling to me that, you know, some of this is, is not implemented more in the world's uh, in the workplace because diversity is, I think, is very instrumental in the entrepreneurship mindsets where it fosters great ideas and collaboration or maybe gives certain perspectives that you might not have seen. And it's, you know, sort of opens your mind um, to solutions that you probably wouldn't have been open to, um, you know, just before, prior to doing that. So I, I think it's, Something needs to be explored more along with getting more diverse backgrounds um, into the workplace. So, Totally agree. Okay. And your career, when you started, you initially were in the tech world. Um, and then you shifted to the, to the fashion world. What would you say? Um, is How would you advise, I don't know, a younger gentleman or a lady, you know, just getting out of college and trying to network his or her way into a, a job that he or she likes? Um, what, what was the path that you took and what would, advice would you give to them to make sure they get a job that, you know, they enjoy? Yeah, so I think uh, the first part of it is obviously following your passion. Like, it's really important that whatever you do, whether it's in the corporate world or whether it's your own entrepreneurial venture, that you do what you're passionate about. I mean, the bottom line is you have one life, make it count, right? Right, right. In the design space specifically, though, I think uh, the tricky part is, you know, a lot of times, especially in fashion, people get into the fashion world because they have a passion around design. And that's great because it starts with a passion, but then the question becomes, can you make a business out of your passion and I think that's the space that becomes lacking in the fashion industry so you know ultimately if you think about business we're all in the game of making a profit right Mm. and so if you can't ultimately fulfill a passion and create into something that 
you know, results in a profit, then really it's not a business, it's just a passion project, which is also fine. But knowing the difference between those two becomes really important. So whenever I engage with other young entrepreneurs who are designers and who want to start their own fashion brand, I always try to dig out of them, like, look, is this a passion or is this a business? And here's the difference between the two, because if you're starting a business, you need to think like a CEO. Hmm. You need to build in processes and systems around managing supply chain. You need to think about your brand, around your global identity, your target customer, and all of that sort of jazz. So that's kind of the place where I start whenever I engage with anyone. And then, you know, the rest of it all falls into place, right, eventually, if you're doing what you love. So... Okay, now, you know, that's that's a very good question because, you know, I'm also an entrepreneur, but the thing is, is always finding that area where you're passionate about, where it's a hobby. Mark Cuban would say, oh, this is a hobby or this is not something you can make a business out of it. Some people, I find, though, fail to see what that their hobby, quote unquote, could be a business. What would you say to those type of people? Because some people might have a great idea and they just program to think, oh, you know, I'm just the idea person. I don't know anything about the back end. Would you tell that person to seek mentorship or what are steps that they can do to try and validate whether what they're doing is a hobby or whether it's actually a viable business? That's an awesome question, Taya. And you're so right. I mean, I think even if it starts off as a hobby, you know, checking viability is really key, whether you come up with a business idea or whether it starts off as a hobby. Being able to test the market is and ask yourself, like, is there a market out there for what I'm doing? Mm-hmm. Who are my competitors? All of that jazz. And I think you bring up a really valid point around mentorship. You know, mentoring is such a large role, right? To be able to kind of learn from someone who's been there, done it, who can share with you their mistakes so you don't have to make those mistakes again. Also, because Comes really key, but testing for market viability number one on the list. I mean, I personally spent about three months testing the market, understanding my competitive landscape. You know, matching, uh, not matching, but mapping every single one of their price points so that we could actually figure out what where our prices had to appear in the market, etc. And I think that whole process of validation, uh, landscape is really, really important. Whether it's a passion or whether you actually come up with an idea saying, "Look, I'm going to go start a business." Right. Okay. And then um, resources. What about resources? Do you have any ideas or advice for resources? Because in your industry in particular, I mean, I wouldn't know a lot about the resources, but I imagine as, you know, with the evolution of digital uh, age right now, there are certain ways that you can use resources, whether it's the supply chain. I don't know if there's a software for that or people, you know, dealing with manufacturers in different countries and and trying to get the best, best uh, solution so you have a good turnaround time. Yeah, so I would say um, resources. There are resources like there's a fashion incubator. Well, not uh, not really an incubator in itself, but sort of like a foundation that helps with uh, entrepreneurs that are young designers. There is also a digest of information that's published by someone in New York that's called Startup Fashion. The one in LA is actually called Fashion Business Incorporated. There are several places you can go. Um, I would say, though, that a large part of that journey in terms of resources is self-education. So literally on the ground, walking, every trade show, figuring out how people do business. Mm -hmm. I think that's a large part of kind of building your pool of resources, talking to people, meeting people, also networking in your own community, uh, finding out. And if you are doing manufacturing, like walking through manufacturer plants and figuring out how they actually manufacture, like what are the steps from A to Z, right? So that all becomes part of your journey of gathering resources. And then even beyond that, I mean, people like Richard Branson, you know, great resources for inspiration, even though they're not 
industry specific to fashion, still incredible resources in terms of being able to read a book like Losing My Virginity and understanding how he made big bets, right? And how he looked at kind of his overall strategy and kept climbing and growing in areas that were lacking or that he wanted to move into. So I think overall resources depends on really what you're looking for, but also tapping into things that you can experience live, reading, consultants, blogs, industry-specific news, and, you know, those sorts of things. Yeah, no, it all boils down to just education and being that, being able to educate yourself. Because a lot of times before I actually got a, a physical mentor, like you were saying, you know, people like Richard Branson, you know, reading Losing My Virginity and stuff like that, you, you try to, you know, extract what you can from that. Entrepreneurs inevitably have, you know, they all start, right? They all have that. Some of them have the doubt. Some of them have the process that they have to go through. But there's always that unifying thing when another entrepreneur meets another entrepreneur, regardless of the industry, you know, and that has to do with, you know, the work it took to get there and how to, and the steps they took to differentiate themselves. So that's always universal. Um, so, you know, employing those, I, I guess, you know, what do you, what, you know, that's where you are. That's why you are where you are today. So, <laughs> <laughs> I totally agree with you. I mean, there are many times when I've been at fashion-specific events and I sometimes wonder, like, why aren't we bringing in entrepreneurs to talk who are maybe restaurant owners and who are very successful or in other aspects of business? Because fundamentally, you're right. Mm -hmm. It's not really about the industry you're in. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. It comes down to being an entrepreneur and being a CEO and being a smart business person. It's really about running a business, mm. regardless of the type of business, right? So yeah. I completely agree with you. Okay. No, good. And um, this is something that that's we can relate to. And a lot of people that listen to this relate to is being able to interact with different cultures and being someone who naturally has lived in different cult, uh, continents. A lot of listeners here tend to be nomads or culture kids or expats. Um, and then some some of them have that wanderlust, so some of them just have that that job that they like because it you know it's, it has a lot of travel. But I'm always curious with people to travel as much as yourself is how do you find that balance of travel and work? You know how do you make sure you have a good balance between those? And then there's also that concept of home and many variables involved. Mm-hmm. So for me, because I'm sort of bi-coastal between San Francisco and New York, I mean, travel is sort of work and work is sort of travel, right? Uh, that's a good way to put it. <laughs> it's very intermingled. And so, but, but um, 
the one thing that does fuel my soul and my being is travel in general. So I try to skip the country twice a year just to get a breath of fresh, fresh air and to really gain perspective and to also see what's out there. You know, I think that sometimes you get caught in your little bubble and, you know, it's your little world of wonderful things and luxurious things and your friends and all these wonderful things that you've created. But you've got to sort of get into unfamiliar ground and feel a little kind of dis uncomfortable, if you will, to really start to think differently. So twice a year, I definitely skip the country just to get a different perspective on life. And that's very, very important to me. But yeah, when you talk about the feeling of home, yeah, I mean, Ty, that really depends on, you know, where where your heart is, right? right. Which is true. <laughs> Home is yeah. I had someone tell me home is where the suitcase is, or home is where our heart is, or just home is wherever she can sit down for a few minutes. But it, you know, it's very relative. It's a fluid concept, uh, if you will. So, yeah, no, it's good. So, just the thing that I feel like travel, you know, and why I'd like to encourage a lot of people to travel is that I think it does open your mind. Like you said, it creates empathy. It gives you a perspective that you probably wouldn't have known. It, it actually allows you to discover more about yourself than you did. You didn't know. I mean, this is this is a certain romanticism about getting lost in the city that's not yours and then having to to <laughs> use your 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 wits and find a way through sign language to just get your way around and, and you know that just you know it's it can be this thrilling type of um experience so um that's something we like to encourage here as well so my mission statement Nishika, is Use your difference to make a difference. Now, that's the, the premise of the company that I run, and that's also, um, you know, one thing that I like to promote, you know, being that we are 7 billion people and inherently different, um, despite the human race uh, connected there. What is one way that you use your difference to make a difference? Okay, first of all, love, love, love this mission statement. It Thank you. Resonates, yeah, I mean, it resonates so much with myself and with so many other people, I'm sure, as well. I think that... Um, you know, using your difference is a very powerful thing, but it's also a very difficult thing. Yep. The younger you are, the less comfortable you feel with anything that makes you different and anything that makes you stand out. Because you're meant to be the norm. You're meant to be what everyone else is. But, you know, at some point you you get to a point in your life where you actually are like, you know what, screw it. I'm different. Yeah. Right. Accepting this and I'm going to be who I am, right? And I think the moment you reach that point in your life, it's a really powerful place to be because then you understand that your difference actually is a really cool thing. To your point, you can use your difference to make a difference. Mm -hmm. I mean, my perfect example is, you know, I'm a woman. I'm a woman of color. I have a funny accent. I have a weird name that nobody will ever remember. <laughs> Let's not talk about that. <laughs> I have all these things, right, that are happening. And I mean, but I could at the same time, though, like I could either say, oh, gosh, this totally sucks and hide in my little corner. Or I could say, you know what, I'm going to walk into this room. And because I'm different, everybody's going to remember me. And I'm going to make a statement and I'm going to have impact and I'm going to have presence. And that's what I choose to do. Because to me, that is way more powerful when I embrace my differences and I actually use it as an opportunity to stand out, to be heard, to be impactful than when I shun my differences to the side and say, you know what, I don't want to deal with it. So I think it's a very powerful place to be. It takes a while to get there. I can certainly tell you that when I was younger, I wasn't comfortable completely with my differences. I always felt like I never really belonged anywhere, which is 
you know, it's not what you want to feel, really. You want to feel like you belong, right? And so this whole idea of being a nomad is is interesting. It's an interesting mental space to be in. But as you get older, and certainly for myself, I've embraced it. I love it. I wouldn't have it any other way. No, I, I agree. I, I think it's, you know, you were so spot on when you said the younger thing. Because when I, I remember when I was younger and I was first placed with a lot of, you know, kids, you know, Europeans and Americans. And I, I was like, I have to be like, you know, I wanted to be like everybody else because I was, I was very cognizant of the fact that I was really, really different and I stood out. Then as I started to grow up and it, it just, you know, you get to a point where you either allow it to bother you or you embrace it. And then once I embraced it, everything seemed okay. So it's like, you know, I was like, ah, yep, this is who I am and I'm quite okay with it. But it's, it's, that journey that gets there the younger you are it's harder but as you get older you start to realize that you know this is kind of who you are and this is how you were made so if if you're if you're not comfortable with it it might be a bit of a problem uh with a lot of other things because it does manifest itself whether it's in the form of insecurity when you talk to other people or just not going for opportunities that you probably do deserve but you just you know shortchange yourself because you're like ah i'm not that person they won't pick me anyway or that, that type of mindset so um, yeah, I think I think it's definitely uh, definitely uh, a part that we all need to get to where it's okay to have that different accent. I mean, look at Ariana Huffington. She's you know she talks in a strong Greek accent all the time, but she's you know she's who she is. And you, I, I don't know what your accent is, but <laughs> nobody does tie. But you know, but you're still able to function and succeed and thrive in you know in this type of environment where so it's it's quite alright. So I definitely agree. When we first met, we were talking about the individualistic nature of uh, defining oneself in American culture. And, you know, what would you say for entrepreneurs? Do you think it's very uh, important for entrepreneurs to be cognizant of the environment when they introduce themselves? Because um, I remember when I was describing myself to you, I was I was hesitant to say I was a I was an entrepreneur because I was like oh, I didn't want you to think that I'm this you know this arrogant person. Then you're like ah oh, no it's, you know it's just it's who you are. And then you know in other cultures it might be like why why is this guy really talking about himself or why is she talking about herself so much? So how important do you think it is for uh, you know global minded business people to really be aware of the environment? Um, you know, you bring up a really good question. I mean, I think it's really important. The reason I think it's most important is because it's really all about knowing your audience. Right. You, I mean, it's it's sort of like the whole concept of getting into a taxi, and then the taxi driver asks you, what do you do? And you start, you know, talking about, you know, the SAP system you're about to implement and rah, rah, rah. And he's like, what on earth are you talking about? <laughs> when really all you should be saying is, I work in tech. Right. right? So yeah. I think knowing your audience is a large part of being able to be aware of how you communicate to people. And I mean, your whole point about, you know, saying I'm an entrepreneur or just sharing what you do in general. I personally think that, you know, if you're talking to another entrepreneur, it makes sense. But if you're talking to someone who maybe is still developing in their career and they don't quite understand what that means, you would break it down into something a lot more simpler. But the bottom line is, I mean, if you look at, you take any office floor in a corporate office of any kind or even an entrepreneurial setting, you look down the floor and you're not going to see two people, you're not going to see everybody belong to the same culture. They're going to be people from literally all over the world sitting in a, you know, conference room as a team or whatever. And just recognizing that everyone is different is key. But if you don't know how to cater to those different people and their understandings and their cultural nuances, the, the best thing is to keep things simple. Keep it simple where you're trying to speak universal and you're trying to kind of speak to a language that everyone gets. But beyond anything, 
I think that respect and being genuinely interested is important. You don't have to believe or really appreciate where someone comes from. You just need to respect it. And and that's a large part of being, you know, someone who connects with other cultures in a global environment. And I think that we lack respect in some ways in many forums, you know, which is why, I don't know, people get angry and all sorts of things happen in the workplace. And, you know, civil conversations don't end up being civil conversations and civil results, right? So, yeah, no, absolutely. And I, I that's part of why, you know, I do what I do is because one of the things that I've noticed is just people's lack of ability to embrace the change or something different is because they, you know, they're just naturally averse. We're like, ah, this is too different. But it's that effort to actually understand where people are coming from, whether it's the guy introducing himself or the people who are being introduced to. It's, um, it's a mindset that I hope that, you know, we can change, but it's something I also know multicultural people can help, uh, bridge just by saying, you know, just by being themselves because it's, you start to get more aware and just by nature of your background, for example, you've had to be aware to fit in, you know, whether you were placed in America or whether you were in Sri Lanka or whether, you know, you moved from Zambia or anywhere, you just knew, okay, okay, this is an environment that's new and foreign to me. How do I get in and fit in, you know, whether it's food or talk about something. So it's, I think it's something that needs to be applied to the workplace and it's um, something that I hope starts to pick up more. So, um, that was one point I wanted you to touch on, so I'm glad you did. There are a couple of questions here before I wrap up, but um, you've done a lot of work. I'm very curious about your proudest achievement and uh, you know what has made you really, really, really uh, proud of yourself. You know, this is a moment to, to gloat and to just to talk about um, you know something that you've really been proud of achieving. So uh, I would say my proudest achievement for sure is launching Dear Zyro. Um I always knew I wanted to be an entrepreneur. It's something that entered my mind from a really young age. I, I was about, I don't know, six or seven years old when, you know, the thought first kind of entered my mind. And for me, getting into the whole corporate world and spending 10 years there was part of my strategy to kind of understand and appreciate and uh, evolve with companies as they grew and they became more complex and transformed and kept up with market needs and whatever. And so then being able to kind of step away from that and leave behind what was a stable and successful career to do something crazy and different. I mean, I didn't have any background in fashion except for that I'd love to shop. <laughs> I was given a good enough reason, really. <laughs> but, I, but I also dreamt of starting a fashion brand when I was six years old. I just never happened to go down that path education-wise. Yes. So to be able to kind of have the guts, if you will, it didn't feel like guts at the time, actually. It still doesn't. But a lot of people tell me, you know, you had a lot of guts to leave what was a stable, successful career behind to do this. So I would say that it is my biggest accomplishment to date because I was able to kind of take my passion, my idea, seize the moment and go do exactly what I wanted to do. We've only just scratched the surface, having been in business just under a year. And, and there's so much left to do. So while it's my proudest accomplishment to date, I mean, there's so so much left to do. So I'm just happy to be in this space. I'm happy to innovate. I'm happy to be able to make an impact in the world and to change the lives of other people through the things we do, which isn't just design. It's about women leaders. It's about, you know, making an impact in society in different ways. Right. Mm -hmm. And so I'm, yeah. I'm happy to be where I am, Tayo. You know, there's something to be said for following your passion. And a lot of people say that they throw it out a lot, <clears throat> you know, follow your passion, follow your passion. But it's really it's a brave thing to do because a lot of times what happens is 
um, your passion is not what you went to school for. For example, I know it's not what I went to school for. A lot of times it's 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 leaving the stable job like you did. Or a lot of times it's, you know, it's just like it's a, it's a fresh idea you've had and there's that possibility of it failing, right? Uh, and then you're not getting it right the first time, but it's it's the sense of fulfillment. That's why when you said it's your prize achievement, I was, you know, I was definitely not in my head yet because it's, there's a certain sense of fulfillment in uh, having that, that gratification and loving what you do that they can't be mimicked or, or duplicated, you know, in, you know, in a high paying job that maybe you hate. Now, if you're able to get that marriage of both, you know, that's, you know, that's, you know, Nirvana, but um, it's, 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 um, you know, I think, I think it's always important to have that sense of job satisfaction and that sense of purpose. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm glad you said that. Uh, it's certainly, I can see why it's a proud achievement for you. So, Mr. Zyro, I'm going to do uh, <laughs> some rapid fire questions here. You've traveled extensively. So you have five seconds to answer these questions. <laughs> uh, <laughs> favorite country. Oh, that's so loaded, though. <laughs> One, two. Okay, okay, Greece. <laughs> Greece. <laughs> favorite uh, country with the best food. Oh, goodness. Oh, um. Thailand? I don't know. Now I'm just shooting stuff out. Thailand, you know, that's good. A uh, country with the best music. I know you love music. Yes. Um, any any Latin country. <laughs> any Latin country. All right. So I'm just going to go through South America. <laughs> All right. A country that you that you were most pleasantly surprised by. So maybe this country was a country you had some preconceived notions about before you went there. And then you were like, hmm, okay. All right. Would say Albania. Albania, and then uh, this is the last one here: country with the friendliest people. Um, New Zealand. Oh, come on! Yeah, you're you're, <laughs> you're gonna say New Zealand? Okay, all right. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna pick my you know country that I I know very very well. I happen to have family there. Okay, all right, cool. New Zealand is a country with it. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> Kiwis are known to be really friendly, okay? So I'm just going off research and my experience. Okay. All right. Fair enough. Uh, where can we find out more about what you do and uh, how can we support? So, uh, yeah, I'm on the typical social media channels on Instagram, um, Pinterest, Facebook under Dear Zyro, also on Twitter under N underscore Dear Zyro. And then we've got our website, DearZyro.com, which is our global online store. So you can check us out on multiple forums. Boom. So, yeah, I'll put that in the show notes and then um, we'll make sure we get all the links out there as well. So thank you very much for your time. I really appreciate it. This has been fun. Oh, this has been awesome. Thanks, Ty. I appreciate it. You've just been listening to the As Told by Nomads podcast. For more ways to use your difference to make a difference, as well as for show notes, head over to www.uidmag.com. Till next time, go out and make an impact in your world. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. 
I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.